With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, and it is time for a wild and crazy episode 19 of the Catfish and Ice podcast. Sometimes you just have to be prepared for the unexpected. And that's what's happening. We thought we'd be uh, reacting to uh, the Preds and the Stars, but we found out like around an hour before the game was scheduled to start that the game has been postponed. There's a huge winter storm that's pretty much impacting the entire one half of the country, basically, but definitely the southeast, uh, certain parts of the uh, country that's just not used to dealing with this. There's a lot of uh, ice out there. There's a lot of uh, it's not that pretty fluffy snow that you're used to seeing. So uh, t- uh, the game was supposed to be in Dallas tonight, and Texas really got walloped badly with this storm when it comes to ice and snow. And so I think they made the right decision. I thought they should have made the decision way sooner than they did. They kind of waited till the last second to do this. It's like how hard of a, a decision is it to, you know, say that, hey, it's not safe for people to be going to this game. Let's go ahead and err on the side of caution. But be that as it may, we found out very late. And so we're going to have to switch some things up for episode 19. Again, you're, uh, this is Chad Mitten with Rich Howe and Colin Blue and your host of the Catfish and Ice podcast, presented by DraftKings and brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Speaking of DraftKings, if there's anyone out there who hasn't signed up for the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app, uh, we invite you to go do that. Download the app. Use the promo code THPN. And especially for our basketball fans out there, there is an awesome deal that DraftKings has out there for new users. If you go download the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get your shot to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. So that's you can pick any game you want. The way basketball is these days, someone's going to hit a three-pointer, so the odds are heavily in your favor. Wow. Again, that's just use promo code THPN for new customers to get a shot at 100-1 to one odds on any basketball team to hit a three-point shot. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, or Virginia. Only new customers. Restrictions apply. Winnings will be paid out in four $25 bets, so it gives you plenty of free money to go out there and bet with afterwards. Let's see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, call 1-800-WITH-IT or in Virginia, call 888-532-3500. So definitely go out there and get the sports uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app if you haven't done that already. So we thought we would be reacting to the Stars and the Preds tonight, and I wasn't feeling too great about the game anyway. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like one speed bump after another this season, and it's not – it's just like it's not even all on the ice anymore. Like I was still looking forward to the game. You know, I was, I was, I was getting ready to go. I was like, all right, let's see if, if the Preds can show us something here. I was kind of looking at tonight's game as, as a game of, okay, are the Preds really this bad or are they about to – 
kind of give us one of those uh, wins that we're not expecting. And I was kind of like 50-50 on whether that was going to happen. What was your what was uh what was your confidence going into the game, Rich? Probably we'll about 50, 50, probably about 50-50, I would say. Okay. Um you know, they're the, the the stars are on a little bit of a losing streak. They are. So, and yeah. and what better way to get out of your losing streak than have Nashville come into your town? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, don't say that. Don't say I know, that, man. Come on, man. I, I, man, believe me, it hurt it hurts me yeah. to say that, but I mean it's you know, it is what it yeah. is. But what yeah, about probably, you, about, probably about fifty fifty. What uh, was your yeah. confidence going into the game? I I'd say forty mm, sixty, uh just because of 40, what they 60. did to us. I mean right. it, I'm I think I'm a little trouble or traumatized because I had to write that recap after the seven and yes. Oh yeah. So I, I'm still a little gun shy to want to have faith again, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it, it's, you know, it's one of those things where they, they are kind of on the downward slope as far as they lost to the Blackhawks, which is kind of mind blowing. Surprising some people right now. Though. They are, they're, they're getting some people. And we said in the stats that like they, they on paper, they've got a team that could compete. It's just that they haven't really put it together, but yeah. They seem to be putting it together, but they've got some losses against Columbus as well. And, and so we beat both those teams. So it's like, okay, we can beat those teams. Should we be able to hang with Dallas? But, yeah. um, you know, it, it is what it could have been one of those games that, you know, it's like the Predators come out and they just play lights out and it surprises everybody. Um, I think a lot of the fans, though, were based on, you know, just what we're responsive we gotten on Twitter and whatnot, a lot of fans were not, uh, not necessarily looking forward to it. Didn't really necessarily feel, feel the same way, but, you know, it's, it's, this is kind of a blessing in disguise for us. I think. I think the team needs a reset. Time, time, to just kind of recoup and yeah. reevaluate where they're at. So it, yeah, we'll yeah. take it when we can get it. Yeah, because they probably. I, I seriously doubt that they'll have the game tomorrow night either. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's not looking good. Now. Yeah. So, so here's what we have on tap for uh, a crazy and wacky uh, episode 19. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about a couple similar topics. We're gonna talk about Nashville. And there's Snowmageddon that they got going on right now. A lot of people kid around in the South. They call it Snowmageddon. And there's always that one snowstorm that they say is coming every year in Nashville. And uh, so this is, I guess, our snowstorm, even though we really haven't gotten a lot of snow. It's been more ice, which isn't fun for anybody. But is uh, we're going to talk about is uh, Smashville and the National Predators. Are we going through our own little Armageddon? And are we about to just really just tear the whole thing down and start from scratch? Because that's a – it looks like a very realistic possibility, regardless of what happened in tonight's game. I think that that's just something that's that's a very realistic possibility, something that we haven't seen for the Preds in a long time. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. And we're also going to give out some uh, report cards, quarterly report cards to uh, the entire team when it comes to the offense, the defense, special teams, coaching, and management. We're going to kind of hand out our letter grades on that and just kind of assess where the team's at just past the quarter mark of the season. So obviously there's a lot of time to turn things around, but at the same time, you're seeing these uh, really bad trends that make it really hard to have any kind of confidence. Before we do that, the last time, uh, last time we uh, had an episode in episode 18 was before the Preds and the Red Wings uh, played their second game of their two game series. And so we do want to give a quick reaction to what happened in that game. And so, Colin, how about you lead it off on that? Just kind of what 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 went wrong in that game? Because that was you were we were hoping that the Preds could at least uh, take care of business against the teams they're supposed to beat. And even though the Red Wings or even though the Preds did beat the Red Wings in the first game of that back to uh, that two game series, they laid a big egg on Saturday night. And so, Colin, what did you see in that game? Yeah, um, you know I. 
I kind of take that first game as a precursor because I was a little, I was, I was happy we got the win. I mean, two points is two points. But then you look at how we got the win. The fact that we beat, we squeaked out a three-two win, and we didn't get to three-two until we were like under three minutes left in the game. I mean, that was kind of a, the first sign of like, okay, maybe we there's something to be concerned about here. I mean, do like I said, two points is two points. But that that was a little bit concerning. But um, you know, it, there was it's frustrating. I mean, you want to beat that team. It's, it's a four and 10 and two team at that time, or actually after that game, but um, you know, they're in last place and you, and you would hope we're better than the last place team. I mean, that's definitely not a spot we want to be in. Um, you know, Pekka was his first back to back since uh, January, 2020. And oh, okay. to be honest, he didn't look sharp. He, he did not look sharp at all. Uh, the goals that put them in a two Oh deficit were like, one was a dribble. One was him square in the chest and bounce into the net. Uh, and then one was a dribbler between his legs that he just should have had. He should have seen it. Um, you know, granted, the defense broke down in front of him a little bit, but they weren't hard saves. It was point-blank stuff that, you know, was, like I said, it hit him right in the chest. And the, for me, when I look at a goalie, if a puck hits in the chest, I hope he stops it. Um, so, you know, that, that was a little bit frustrating. By the time I got to the third period, uh, UC Saros was put in, uh, and kind of the damage was done at that point. Uh, he had one goal. He had one goal as well. But it was just one of those things where it's just, you know, frustrating because – we were so high on Pekka and then Pekka kind of, yeah. he gets back to, you know, some of the things that like, you know, got him last year that kind of goes back to that snake biting metaphor um, where it's just like, dude, you had it. You looked so good. And then all of a sudden, you know, this game, it just, it, it fell apart for him pretty fast. And by the third, you know, we were pulling him. So that's frustrating. Uh, I, I've, I've said before, but the offense was softer than Charmin <laughs> is yes. the easiest way to put it. Um, uh, I, I mean, through, through the first like the period, three, like the three ply or two ply soft well, softness or just right. like the single ply. It's it's the we'll give them a two fly because it's it's got a little bit of cushioning, but that's yeah. about it. Through yeah. through the first period, we had six shots on goal. That that was the. That I was mean, it's, this is bad. like a recurring theme right here with this team. This team cannot manufacture. This was. Uh, a, I mean, it it doesn't take a hockey expert to realize that if you're if you're putting up shots on goal like the Preds are right now, you're not going to win many games. Well, I mean, this it's was that simple. This was a season low too for the first two periods. So we had six uh, by the time we were for the for, through the first. By the time we were through the second period, we had just nine. We were still in yeah, single just, digits. Uh, we finished really the game. Bad. Yeah, we finished the game with twenty-three shots on goal. But um, you know, Heinz even said before the game, he said, you know, if we're we're in the offensive zone a lot, you can see it in the top, the ozone time, but we're not creating high danger chances. And you know, the other night was not even necessarily the ozone time. It was that they were just getting bottled up immediately, and the shots just weren't happening at all. I mean, we did not make it hard on them whatsoever. Um, it's hard to watch. It's it it's is. really hard to watch the Predators right now. Not just because they're losing. But because even they're just stuck in quicksand is what I keep saying. Is It's like they can't figure out a way to get things moving uh, in a rhythm. It's it, like they're just. Yeah, I mean, it, it's frustrating to see all around it. And, you know, Philip Forsberg does Philip Forsberg things, but it seems like the only way that the offense gets going is if he creates it. And the and goal he scored. Just on him. No, and the goal he scored was very, I mean, it was kind of fluky, honestly. Uh, it went off a of Mark Stahl's uh, skate, but we'll take it. But uh, or, Robert, or, or maybe he planned that. He could have. He could have. He is, he very, is Forsberg. He's pretty he's good. Very skilled. He is. But uh, we're gonna go with what you said because that is. <laughs> so <laughs> Rich, Rich, what did you see? Played. Rich, kind of give us your takeaways real quick uh, from the game because we do want to kind of move past that game because look look ahead. But at the same time, it's it's an ugly loss. So Rich, kind of what did you see on top of what Colin saw? Yeah, just the basically the same thing. It's just really hard to watch. And um, I think the biggest thing, and there was even a video, um, Terry Crisp and uh, Chris Mason and Hal Gill all said, 
they try to do the like the passing is horrible. They can't pass the puck. They can't move the puck into the offensive zone. They try to do these big long stretch passes, and they just I, I don't know what it is. They just can't can't connect with each other. Well, I think we've talked about that quite a bit. They just yeah. it's like they don't play. It's like they I know they're all new, but they just haven't had enough time together. Uh, just that, and then they spent too much time defending the net, and then it just they just couldn't get the puck out of their zone, and it's just. It's unfortunate. And, you know, Pekka, you know, he's amazing. But when you get shot on that much, it's just not going <laughs> to – he can only so, do so much. So, I mean, there, there's multiple factors, several factors we can say is the reason why the Preds are where they are right now. But I think a big one is you're mixing young players, new players, like this youth movement, which we want to see. No one's mad about it. But you're mixing that with – also, all these players you signed over the offseason, you mix that in with top-line, high, highly paid players who aren't performing up to their expectations, and it's just a really bad mix. There's no chemistry whatsoever on this team. There is nothing. There is no – they don't know where they're going to be at, each other's going to be at. I mean, every now and then you'll see, like, the Forsberg, uh, whatever line he's on, you'll see some chemistry – of course, Ryan Ellis and Romeo Yossi have outstanding chemistry. But outside of that, this team has no identity whatsoever. No. I mean, and, and that's, that's, what's, that's what's scary. And that's what you're yeah. seeing in these results. I think the identity is a string of bad habits. Like some of these yep. things that are happening, especially that they've not been broken. Like the fact that we're still shooting from 25 feet out, uh, you know, the fact that we're still making these crappy passes that are you know easily telegraphed and then people can pick them off. The fact that they can telegraph our shots and the goalie has enough time to take a selfie before making the save. Like it's just a, th- it's a string of things that's become so increasingly obvious, even not clearing the zone. Like Crispy even said before the game, he's like, I don't care if you have to ice the puck, at least their offense has to reset, but it makes it so they don't get a rhythm because every goal that was scored that night was mm-hmm. scored because they were spent, they had at least two minutes in an offensive zone by the time they had scored it. I mean, they oh, just, yeah. they were getting set up and, and then they could just move the puck at will and get plenty of chances. And so their shots on goal obviously were a lot better than ours. But yeah. I mean, the, we just, there were times where we could have iced it. Instead, we just tried to get it away and tried to get it to another player and turn it over. But, you know, for me, I mean, there's one more thing that kind of stood out about the game. And for me, it was the, uh, the fact that it was the first time all season that we kept the same lines, uh, which I guess maybe didn't work to our benefit. I thought that, you no. know, uh, consistency would be good, but the saying goes, you know, there, there's, you know, consistency without results is really the formation of a bad habit. And that's what we've seen all year is these bad habits forming and it's manifesting now in losses and it's frustrating. Yeah. The so, other thing is they like teams are scouting them really well because when the predators have the puck and they bring it into the neutral zone, all they teams know all they have to do is just basically stand them up at the neutral zone and they're going to get a turnover. I mean, like, it happens all the time, like every that's game. A really good and point. Total bad habits, like you said. They did have the bright spot. Like, I know there's not many bright spots, but Rocco Grimaldi's goal was really sweet. That was was. a nice nice shot by him. And, like, he brought the puck in and, like, he – what was a toe drag, I guess, was what he thought. Like, did a toe drag and, like, had a shot. That's the second straight goal he scored where it came in a game that was very – in the bigger picture ended up being not significant at all. Because right. he scored a really sweet goal against the Tampa Lightning in that one game, and you know the Preds went up one nothing in that game, and that that made Sports Center top ten that night. And um, so Rocco Grimaldi's doing what he can. The problem is this team doesn't really have you know in hockey it takes more than just two or three players mm-hmm. playing very well to carry a team. You need a collective effort, 
And again, I go back to that chemistry. And so that's what we're seeing. We're just against teams like Detroit and maybe Columbus and maybe every now and then, you know, some of these other teams, the Preds are going to, you know, get some wins. They're not going to lose every game, but the gap between the Preds and the top teams in the division is so wide right now, way wider than I thought it was going into the season. I'll be the first to admit going into the season, I thought the Preds could easily be penciled in as a fourth place team, maybe even get a third, third place finish if they really outperform. But I'm, I'm, I'm walking that back pretty significantly right now. Mm -hmm. I don't feel very confident in my original prediction at all, but, um, you know, again, hockey is a crazy sport. You never know what can happen. And so I found this interesting. Going into tonight's game before it was postponed and all that stuff, uh, they made another taxi squad uh, move. They uh, called uh, Tolvanen back from the taxi squad again, and then they also called back uh, McCarron. Mm-hmm. Who, McCarron's another player that I was excited to see in another game tonight. Uh, I like McCarron. I like his size. I like his physicality. Um Again, he doesn't bring a lot of offense, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I said this a couple weeks ago. I'm like, the Preds, if the Preds are going to win games this season, they're going to have to win them ugly mm-hmm. yeah. because you can't you can't make offensive talent out of thin air. And, well, I mean, there's just not a lot of that on this roster right now. And I will say to McCarron, you know, up against those big bodies of Tampa, he wasn't getting pushed around. He wasn't exactly. taking anybody's crap. He was punching yeah. people in the face. And, you know, from, from a position that where he's in, you know, being a center – Really, you need him to they, him to be able to distribute to the guys that can create around him. So it really kind of depends on who he's on the line with. But it would have been nice to see. It'd be nice to see some of him, you know, with the youth like Ellie Tolvanen and some of those guys. I just I I want someone that can really set Ellie Tolvanen up. I mean, that shot is just so nice. Uh, but he just doesn't have the the centering right now. I mean, Halla, you know, is okay, uh, but it, it's not you know. It's just not giving him what he can do. I feel like he's been kind of hampered with his potential. But yeah, yeah. it's a nice move to see. So let's go into our next our, our next segment is basically going to be centered around. So I'm located in Nashville. Rich is located in the Louisville area, and Colin's located outside of the, the Cincinnati area. And we've all dealt with our winter weather, fair share of winter weather this year. But I guess it's my turn in Nashville right now. And so I kind of missed the memo of actually going and stocking up at the grocery store. So I'm kind of like, do you have to? I think, I'm, I think I'm going to be. I think I'm going to be walking to the grocery store tomorrow unless the roads get a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, so I, I missed that memo, but the roads are really bad in Nashville. So if anyone's uh, watching live or listens tomorrow even, because the roads are going to be bad tomorrow, um, I know they say this all the time on the Weather Channel and on uh, the news and not trying to sound cliche here, but it's really true. Don't go out unless you have to no. um, because the roads are really, really bad here. It's basically just solid block of ice and – I don't care how good you think you are at driving in this. Uh, you don't have any control when it's like this. I got, so I, for all the for all the four wheel drive people out there, four wheel drive does not mean four wheel stop. It's something exactly. that's important to remember. And right. there's all and you always got to take into account. There's people out there who think they own the road, and they're the ones that actually end up end up usually causing the accidents. And so just don't put yourself in that situation unless you really have to. I do want to share um, if you do have to be out in an emergency and you're in the Nashville area. Uh, star eight, four, seven is how you get a hold of the Tennessee highway patrol. And they will send a car out to help you if mm-hmm. you're, uh, stranded on the side of the road or anything like that. And so, uh, obviously make sure your, fo- uh, your cell phone's charged up, have flashlights, extra blankets. I learned something I didn't know tonight. Now it's always good to learn new stuff, especially in these types of situations. But, um, I saw this, uh, so Nashville, uh, on Twitter, uh, Nash, 
Nash Severe Weather is a really good follow if you're in the Nashville area when it comes to all your weather stuff. And they shared a really good tip. If you're ever afraid you're going to lose power in your house in an ice storm, uh, if you lose power, obviously that means that you're going to lose your ability to heat your house. They said you shut all your doors in, inside your house to lock the heat into mm. one room. Yep. Uh, I Something I learned that was new tonight, that was new to me. I didn't realize that. That's a really good idea. And so if anyone's watching tonight or listening, then make sure you're doing that as well. There's a lot of ice out there and we could lose power. So just be careful out yep. there, everybody. And the entire sure, Southeast, not just Nashville, but. Make sure everywhere. to turn on your water taps too. let them drip yep. a little bit. Yep. Absolutely. Don't freeze. Yeah. So yep. it's funny. It's like, I know you said, uh, like we were talking about them canceling the game and they should have canceled it like three or four hours ago. But my um, brother-in-law lived in Texas for several years. His wife's from there. And just you saying that Nashville is not used to having any kind of snow. <laughs> Texas. <laughs> Those, I mean, an inch of snow disables all yeah. of those guys. They they have, don't have any clue what to do. Yep. And I saw on the news they said that the reason they're having power uh, problems is the tur the wind turbines are froze up. They're, wow. they're freezing and they're having trouble making power, and that's why they're having those those power issues. So my family, uh, I've got cousins, uncle and cousins that live right outside Plano, Texas, and Dallas, and they are uh, they've been without power, but they said that you know some people actually have generators. So it just kind of depends on where you are and. Yeah. In Dallas, but yeah, it's, it's a tough spot to be in. Yeah, Texas yeah, isn't known for that ice. <laughs> I don't, I don't see any scenario where the game happens tomorrow either. No. And so that's just going to make another uh, for the scheduling team that's in the NHL. It just adds another because you you think about a team like the Stars, they've already started their season way late to begin mm -hmm. with. I think they've played twelve games this season already. That's it, and so now they're missing likely, very likely, they're going to miss two more games. And so, I mean. It, it's just it's it's wild. Like you got to wonder how they're going to make it to where every team plays fifty six games this season. I just don't see it happening. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious. Like they had everybody at the at the you know the arena, and so I was kind of like wondering. Yeah, why not? Players why not? even they actually reported. Uh, local media actually reported that the players were dressed. Yeah, and I, ready I, to go out on. And then you got to think of their arena staff. The arena yep. staff had to brave the elements, get in their cars, because, you know, unfortunately, there's some people, they can't miss work. Even if it is dangerous to drive to work, they're not going to miss their job. Yeah. And you, your heart goes out to those people that are put in that situation. Well, but, I was kind of uh, wondering why they didn't just say no fans, because it seems like everybody was already there. You might as well yeah, just play the it's, game. It's and just crazy. It it's just crazy. And so they made – they got – at this point, it's like, why not just play the game? You're already there. But, again – we're, I'm not going to say that I know what goes into all those decisions and that I know more than the people that have to make those decisions. But on the outside looking in it, it seems weird. They waited so late to yeah. cancel the game when you yeah. put all those people in a weird situation that had to get there in the first place. So, well, uh, I, yeah. I tweeted out that uh, the Nova, or not the Nova, but the Scotia North Division is laughing yeah. at us in Canadian because yeah. hockey postponed or hockey postponed due to ice. <laughs> Who yeah, yeah, right. Like, talk about a um, irony there yeah. for sure. <laughs> hockey game is canceled because of too much ice, but um, absolutely, it's not worth anyone's um, you know getting in a wreck or getting hurt or getting injured or something bad happening to go to a hockey game. But at the same time, again, the game's probably going to be canceled tomorrow as well, or not canceled, postponed, I should say. But um, So that just leaves the standings even weirder because the Stars have 12 games played. You got Carolina and Florida have also played 12 games up to this point. 
And then you got a bunch of teams up to 16 games, and the Preds have played 15 games. And so it's just going to be weird to see how it all evens out. Yeah. Tampa's only point, 13. Yeah. So I think point percentages are probably just going to happen. I think they're going to have to. I think yeah. the NHL is just going to do everything they can, even if it doesn't look good or if it doesn't seem fair. They're going to do everything they can just to get through this season. I think it's like one of those things where, like, I don't, they don't care how it turns out. Just let's get through this season and let's hope that the 2021 22 season goes unaffected. 82 games back to the normal NHL calendar because this season's shaping out to be crazier than last season when it comes to all the moving parts and the, you know, fluidity of it and stuff. It's just, it's crazy. I mean, dude, drag out the uh, the Winter Classic, uh, I, all the all the materials for Winter Classic. Just build a rink in some, one of those stadiums, yeah. and let's play Smock in one of the stadiums outdoors. Just turn the lights right. on. That's all they need. I mean, right now you could. You could go out on the street right now and easily play a lot of places or a parking lot right now in the South, and you can make it happen. That's it, It's just it's crazy down here. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen an ice storm down here like this since the mid-'90s. Uh, a lot of your Nashville natives will tell you there was a really bad ice storm in the uh, mid-'90s uh, that – was way worse than this actually, because thankfully there hasn't been a lot of lost power in the Nashville area. So mm-hmm. there had, there's been plenty of uh, car accidents and stuff like that, but um, no power outages really widespread anyway yet, knock on wood. But um, yeah, so that's good to see there. And mm-hmm. so let's get it. Let's get into the Preds and let's talk about if, if the season, if we should just pack in this season right now, if that's fair to say, <laughs> or, or we just jump in the gun and they can still go on a run. Uh, I'm going to go and give you my answer, and I think on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being I'm, I'm confident they can turn it around, 1 being it's over, I'm like at a 3. And that's mm. probably being generous. Uh, and the only reason I even put it at a 3 is because uh, crazy things happen all the time, and you never know if how to know where the Preds can. You know, Soros, could, Soros has proven in the past that he can get hot at the right time. That, that's really the only hope the Preds have right now is that Soros or Rene or both of them combined go on some kind of crazy locked-in hot streak and they literally carry this team to some victories if they don't have business winning. You know, maybe throw in a couple shutouts there or they throw in a couple uh, games where they have to save 30 to 40 shots and only give up one goal. Because the Preds aren't winning many, aren't going to win hardly any games if they give up more than three goals in a game. Or even three goals, really. Like they've proven, the Preds have proven already this season regularly that they have a hard time even getting to three goals in a game. Yep. And in today's NHL, that's just not going to work. How do you well, feel yeah. about it, Rich? Um, I, I'm probably at about a three or four as well. I just think that even if they do go on some kind of crazy run, I think the damage is done. I think fans are fed up with, and, and not that fans are going to dictate what you know, the team does or whatever, but they're fed up with the general manager. They're fed up. They're ready to fire Hines right now. The guys just aren't clicking. And even if they do click down the road, you know, what's that, what's that even mean? Like a lot of people say that's what they did in 2017. You know, they, they started clicking down the road and got hot and, and that's. And it, hey, to be fair, it could happen. You never know. It, it absolutely could happen. And it would be a, a miracle, but. Where does that leave them at the end of the season? You know what I mean? It's like, do you, if they do go on a hot streak, do you build off that? And, or what, you know, I just, I don't know. I think the damage is done. And I give them another week or two 
probably to turn it around before we start seeing some. I was some- I was kind of waiting to see what they did against Dallas. Honestly, I was wondering because Dallas is a you know a team that even though they're struggling recently, I think it's a team that if you if the Preds somehow figured out because hey the Preds beat them twice in March right before the pause, no one expected that either. Yeah, you know they kind of went into that two game stretch there where everyone was like. What are the Preds going to do here? Because, you know, it's hard to remember this, but we used to have this thing called only two wild card teams made the playoffs, not top four. That's right. And, and so the Preds were right on that wild card position. And then going into – I remember, like it was yesterday, going into that back-to-back against the Stars, I mean, no one gave the Preds any chance of winning those two games. Everyone was like, this team's not making the playoffs. Of course, no one saw that – this whole season was going to get shut down. But, um, and then they somehow out of nowhere got two wins on hot goaltending yep. from UC Soros. So, I mean, you just don't know what can happen. But I think that's really their only hope is riding a hot goaltender. How about you, a, Colin? There was yeah. a lot of questions. I'm sorry, real quick. I was just going to say there was a lot of questions when they did shut the season down with those 13 games left. Cause they, it was kind of a hard schedule. If I remember correctly, it, it was, we were, yeah, they still, had, I think they still had Colorado on the schedule. Um, they had, a, I think I they had filled it. They had the flyers left on the schedule. I remember what you're talking about. They had some we tough were, games left. We were, we were kind of still thinking they were going to be on the bubble if they made it yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably worried with you guys three or four. Uh, it, it's frustrating to see. and It's frustrating to say, um, but it's kind of like, you know, at this point it is, it, they are who they are. Like we, we've seen what we've seen so far. I mean, there's some things we haven't seen too, which is kind of what I'm hoping precipitates this whole situation is like, you know, if, if this is what happens and let's get some Tomasino in there, let's get some more Ellie Tolvin and let's get some more McCarran, let's get Olivier Carrier, you know, all these guys, let's see what we have because we, we just can't evalu- evaluate the franchise. I think even as a general manager, Pulley can't evaluate the, fr- the franchise, you know, without really seeing what's out there and how they compete in NHL situations. So that's kind of where I'm at. And, you know, if, if those guys somehow provide a spark, awesome. If, you know, UC starts playing really well, if Pekka starts playing really, really well, awesome. Um, but at the end of the day, like, even if those guys play great and they only allow two goals, if we're not putting up any or if we're putting up one, mm-hmm. it's not going to do much. I mean, you have to win. You obviously basically have to get three goals in a game to win a game these days, and especially in the modern NHL. And we're just not seeing it. Like, we don't know that on a, consistently, on a consistent basis. We can't trust that we're going to be able to do that. Um, you know, old school predators, you old school fans will remember the predators just have to win it off of goaltending and defense. Uh, and you know, we got spoiled for a little bit for the last few years because we were able to score a lot better or a lot more. And we just don't have that anymore. That, that's not a luxury yeah. that we can enjoy. So, talking about the young players again, you uh, in the last episode, I brought up we were kind of talking about the prospect report in the last episode, in episode 18. And uh, some interesting news came out uh, this afternoon when it comes to the Preds and their prospects. And I brought up Frederick Allard in the last episode about how he's one of the top defensive prospects in this prospect pool and how the whole situation was very complicated. And I, I wasn't, we weren't kind of sure what was going on there. He was playing overseas. Well, the Preds have actually assigned him to the AHL Chicago Wolves. And I thought that was some awesome news because I'm telling you, Allard is a, a very, very intriguing player. He's a guy that I really expect to see in the in the mix to make the Preds roster. Not this season. I mean, I guess it could happen, but I don't think it, it was something that would that would happen this season. Maybe it could. We'll have to see how he performs when he gets to Chicago. That's something I'm going to have my eyes on. I want to see how he performs 
with the Chicago Wolves now that he's been assigned to their uh, squad. Uh, so I, I found that some interesting news. I just, you know, Colin, you were talking about the like some of the bringing in some of these younger players, and that reminded me about uh, Frederick Lard. I thought that was some good news there. Yeah, the him and then uh, also Rumi Pitlick. Let's see. If, let's see if oh Pitlick. yeah, give me. That's some, what I was and, Need to give him a shot. And hey, if, if we're gonna play glass half full here on the Catfish Nights podcast, talking about the Preds. We want to see these young players. If, if the season's going to be rough, if it's going to be ugly, if we're going to miss the playoffs, if we're going to take a lot of losses on the chin, give us these young players and we'll live with the consequences. I want to see these guys develop. I want to see what they're made of. I want to see what they can do because we got to know what we have in our future. We have to. And now's the season to do it. Well, and, and you look at those young players and we're talking about what we like and the offense being soft to Charmin, like – those guys have some offense. They got some. They got some skill to their game. You know, they, they got some swag to them too. Like I and, feel like that's what the team needs because this team lacks any yeah. like positivity within itself. And you live with the consequences. If they yeah. put these young players in and the Preds still get beat and they take losses, at least you're investing in your future and you're seeing what you have. I don't want to hear none of this. Oh, you're going to rattle their confidence if you throw these young players to the wolves. I don't feel that way. These players are hungry to play. They want those NHL minutes. You know they want to make a difference, and they gotta know. Prom- they gotta know with the speed of the game. They gotta know what they're up yeah. against to really aspire to. And I, I can think. promise you, these players are re- they're they're looking at the NHL squad right now, and they're thinking, "Man, I hope they give me a chance to go up there and make a difference." They're athletes. They're they're competitors. This is what yeah. they live for. Yeah, and they see that they see the NHL club struggling, and they're hoping their number gets called to make a difference. And well, so. Man- Maybe if some of these older guys start losing minutes, they're going to start saying, okay, the writing's on the wall. I either got to figure it out or I'm losing my spot because these guys are yeah. hungry. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's just how I feel. I, I think that John Hines has to make – he has to make some tough decisions here, and they might not be popular, but I think he's going to have to start making a statement here because it's not – you're not getting it done. And you can live with the consequences and live with the losses if – I, from my point of view, I will live with the consequences if you're investing in the future. Exhaust yeah. all options, yeah. I mean, we said before, hungry dogs run faster. Good. Do we really think – Do we re- uh, we'll go to you, Rich, real quick. I just wanted to say, do we really think that Nick Cousins or Eric Halla or some of these other guys that were signed over the offseason, do we really think they're part of the long-term future of the Predators? No. no. Absolutely not. And I think if, if he did put in play some of these younger guys – I think the fans would love it. I think that's what everybody wants. You look at Pred's Twitter and everybody's like, why aren't you putting in Tomasino? Why'd you, you know, why is Tolvanen not moved up to the second line? You know, why are you not letting Alexander Carrier play? Why are yeah. you not calling up for him? Yeah. yeah, I agree I mean, with you. That's what they need to do. So I was listening to the, uh, the Predators official podcast today and they had um, Scott Nickel on. He's the player development coach or whatever. Yeah. And he is, Super high on Rim Pitlick. He said that yeah. guy is like one of the hardest workers. He's true professional. He comes in and all his main goal, all he wants to do is play in the NHL. So, okay. and he's been in the system for a while. He's got plenty of experience with Milwaukee, and that that Milwaukee Admiral team, Admirals yep. team, was so outstanding last season. All you got to do is ask a fellow Pred Lines writer, uh, CJ Wodoshek, about the Milwaukee Admirals and. You'll get him uh, all going crazy for like an hour talking about the Admirals. <laughs> we hope to have CJ on the on a future episode because he has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to Milwaukee Admirals. Sure but uh, yeah, Rim Pitlick was a big part of that team. He's been a big part of that team. So, uh, and 
and I look, I get it. I get that a lot of these fans are armchair GMs, like they like to say, and you know, it's not as easy as just sitting back on your couch and nope, I'm sitting on a couch right now, actually. But um, <laughs> it's not that simple. But at the same time, we see what's going on here, and we're like, it's this simple. The team's not, you know, the team has time to turn it around. But for me, the the, the clock is this one week. It was going. It was honestly going to be against the Stars, and then later this week, and then you know, they they were scheduled for four games and six nights, and yeah. that was kind of my measuring stick. Let's see how they perform in these four games and six nights. Now the now that we're looking at possibly two consecutive postponements if the games cancel tomorrow, that that changes the thinking a bit. But we did put out a poll on Twitter with the Catfish and Ice podcast, and uh, talking about can. Hope be restored with the fans, judging on what the Preds do in the next week. And uh, basically said, how many wins would they have to get to restore hope? Get all four wins, three wins, two wins, or there's no hope at all. Like, and then, so there, and there are people look. So the, the poll was actually pretty close here. 21% said no hope, regardless of what happens. Wow. Ooh. I'm not quite there yet. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not quite there. I would have said three out of four wins would have been like, okay, hey, they're, they're showing some progress. Uh, 45% said three wins. Uh, four win, They had to get four wins with 17%, which that's a high bar to set. But if they got, yeah. you know, and then you had two wins with 17%. So all over the board there. But, wow, almost a quarter of the fans there thought that there's no hope regardless. That's pretty If you, if you scan – Fred's Twitter during a game, as as we all three have before. Oh gosh, yeah. You, you know, you know what's going on. Fans, it's pretty volatile. Fans well, are angry. I mean, they ever are since really- hey, ever since that 2017 Cup run, the, yeah. the expectations for these fans, fair or fair or not, have just exploded. They expect. I don't want to say they expect Stanley Cup or bust, but they definitely expect this team to go deep in the playoffs every year, and you know, it just hasn't happened. That falls on management, too. Of like You have to set expectations and temper expectations and not patronize the fans, and it felt like that's what happened. Like Poyle talked about, you know, we're going to have this youth movement, and it's going to, there's going to be a you know, change to the guard in a lot of ways, and we haven't really seen that. And yeah, so a lot of people were excited about that. A lot they of people were. were excited about the youth movement. Yeah. We got sold a fake bill of goods. We did. We did. <laughs> I mean, we were all we were talking about that's what we wanted to see, and that's we were like, yes, get these guys in there. But it just yeah. it's not going to happen. It's that, and, and to say you live and you live and die by what the fans are feeling right now, like I get it. Especially, it, it's his job on the line, so I get that too. But also, like, just be transparent with us. Tell us where we're at. If we if this is a rebuild, I think the fans you temper those expectations a little bit, just because we have been in this place where we've been so successful the last few years, even you know, last year. You know, granted, we didn't get to where we wanted to get to. But you know, all things considered, losing a coach still possibly making, you know, coming within a breath of a, of a Stanley Cup playoff berth, you know, that that's still pretty doing pretty well. But you know, mm-hmm. this is not that team, and this is not those teams of you know 2019. Right. Uh, certainly not the, the you know the President's Trophy winning team. Um, even the Cup team, I mean, was a bunch of they were a bunch of underachievers until they were, the playoffs. They were, they were they, sorry, they, overachievers, overachievers, overachievers. Yeah, yeah. they turned right. into some overachievers when yes. they got the playoffs for sure. So but that team. If we're going to talk about that team, that team had so many guys who just – they were – I like to call them like lunch pail. They picked up their lunch pail and they just went to work every day. I'm not saying these players aren't doing that, but it was yeah. just a different 
they just look different. It's it felt different. Well, I think they over and, and I think that's the perfect word to use. Overachieved. Yeah, well, I think it's also the locker room too. I mean, say what you want about PK Subban, but I've never heard as far as when he was with Nashville that he was a bad locker room guy. And the guy brought a different energy. I'm not saying that you know that Duchesne wasn't a good addition, and that you know some of the things that happened with him to open up the cap space uh, didn't help the team out somewhat. But then it's kind of like you look at what he brought to the team. You look at the way he brought the energy and, and the way what the way he just played on the ice is different. I mean, I, I will say that's one thing I miss about mm-hmm. him is the, just the kind of energy he brought. I don't see that on this team. I don't see that guy that's going to be like the fired up guy. Yossi is kind of a, a, a stoic leader, but and he leads by example. And I love Yossi for that, but you don't have that guy. That's just the, the energy guy that just brings in that, you know, that enthusiasm. And so that's part of it too. But yeah, it's, it, this is a very yeah. different team. We miss Smitty. Oh, oh gosh, yeah, we yeah. definitely miss him. Don't get me started on my uh, Craig Smith rant, please. We don't have enough time. Like yeah. we might, we might go until the early, early yeah. morning hours of yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, I got, yeah, I got under Smitty. I got under Chad's skin uh, about a week ago, <laughs> talking about how good he's doing in Boston. <laughs> yeah. I, I, now I'm not gonna get mad at Smitty's success because no, I, I love that dude, yeah. and I, uh, the Boston Bruins aren't really a team that I have any ill will towards. So I'm right. glad he went to a team that like, if, if he, if he wins a cup for Boston, I'll be so happy for him. Oh, if, Boston, oh, yeah. if Boston goes to the Stanley cup, which they very well could Boston is a very good team. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll probably be cheering for Boston just because of Craig Smith. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a, he's right. a, you ended on good terms with, yeah. uh, you, you loved his parents. He got along great. Just, yeah. it just didn't work out in the end. You're hoping he's, he's happy, but yeah, it's so, with someone else. Definitely. So, so while we're in Nashville, Snowmageddon, the Preds have been handed. They've hey, been we're handed. Getting, we're getting like a foot of snow up here too. I'm yeah. just letting you know. Which is By like or Thursday, we're supposed to have a foot, well, so. and that's a lot of snow for that area too, right? It is. It's, it's quite a bit for yeah. For, for, yeah. And so the Preds take another loss, but it's not to a hockey team tonight. They take a loss from Mother Nature. Yep. Just yeah. had to throw that out there. So. Um, Oh, it could but be a hey, win. It could be a win. They might need this this some downtime just to kind of get healthy. Hey, and get you right. never know. How, you never know. Hey, in this, like I said, in this crazy season, you never know how this is going to affect. Yep. For all we, I mean, we don't even know if this game will get made up. Though, let's be honest. Like, yeah. it might come to a point where the NHL can't figure out a way to make up these games, and they say, "Hey, we're going to move forward," and it's point percentage. We don't know. It's just it's so much uncertainty. That's just the, that's just what we find ourselves in. But I know the NHL is going to do everything they can to get this season played out, just like every other sports league, major sports league, is going through the same issues. And so uh, that's going to do it for that segment of Catfish and Ice Podcast, episode 19, presented by DraftKings. Again, if you're a big basketball fan, you need to go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use our promo code THPN for all new, uh, new users of the Sportsbook app. You can basically – Make it an easy bet. Win an easy $100 to bet with. All you got to do is bet a dollar that a team of your choice in a basketball game makes a three-point shot in this next week. I mean, and the way if, – if anyone watches basketball, you know that that's all they do now in basketball is shoot threes. It's a three-point contest. So I'm pretty sure you can feel pretty good about that bet. So go get the De- DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code THPN for all new users and have a lot of fun with that. So we're going to our last ep- uh, last segment of episode 19, and let's let's go out and give out these quarterly uh, report cards. We can call them progress reports. We all remember as kids getting the you brought home the progress report. It wasn't the full on report card, and I can just tell you as a kid growing up, 
I was a master of having a really bad progress report, but then I would buckle down and somehow I, I was kind of like the equivalent to being a third period hockey team. My That's progress, fair. my progress report. Oh my gosh, I never wanted to bring that. And, and, and of course, you had to get your, you know, at my school, and I'm sure a lot of schools do this. Progress report, you had to get it signed by your parents that you showed it to your parents, and then to bring it back to uh, school to they were, to make sure you were showing your parents. And I remember I went home one time in middle school, and my progress report was really, really bad. And I, I didn't. I was like, "How am I going to do this? How am I going to show my parents this progress? This is bad." And I had to turn into a third period hockey team and uh, get some better grades. And so we're about to do that with the Preds right now. We'll, well call this their progress report. I want to say, as someone that is a former teacher. Uh, to all the teachers out there, thick, uh, print the progress reports on thick paper. That's that's step one. But <laughs> if you go. have the, if you have kids getting them signed, under no circumstance, once they have signed it and given it back to you, do you give it back to that kid? Because not saying I did this, but the thinner <laughs> the paper, the easier it is to trace the signature. Oh, just, throw, just throwing that out there. Good tip so. there. Good tip for all the teachers out there. <laughs> all right, so let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and give our progress report. We'll call it quarterly report progress report. Uh, to the Preds, and I think Colin said it best in his article, the Preds are so grounded right now. Yes, They have lost their privileges, their cell phone privileges, Xbox, um, Netflix, whatever you want to call it, whatever the Preds like to do in their free time, they're suspended right now. <laughs> you have to go into your room and think about what you've done. Well, you know, if someone takes away Philip Forsberg's Xbox, he's going to start scoring a hat trick per night. <laughs> and, to get hey, back. <laughs> Philip Forsberg is just as good at Xbox as he is in real life hockey, let me tell you. That dude is a gamer. He is really good. All right, so I'm going to start off. We're going to start off with the – we're going to go around in each category here, and we'll give our grade. And so we're going to start with the offense. Let's, get, let's, let's start with the worst first. <laughs> well, maybe not the worst. I don't know. We'll get through these categories. Maybe it's not the worst. I don't know. Uh, let, let, and we're going to go plus minus grades here too. We're not going to do just the plain A, B, C, D, F. We're going to go plus minus here. And so let's start with the offense. And I'm going to give a D minus to the Preds offense. And the only reason I didn't go full F here is because you do have Philip Forsberg. Yep. And you do have Roman Yossi, who uh, is still the same offensively commanding player, but he can't do it on his own. But Phil Forsberg is is if, if the Preds were playing better as a team, we'd be talking about how how great of a season Phil Forsberg's having. Yep. But you overlook that because the team as a whole is not playing well. But Forsberg's having a good year. But let, listen to this: the, the Preds right now going into uh, Monday night's games, they were twenty eighth in goals four per game at two point three three. That is a horrible number. You're not going to win many games scoring just a, sh- a shred over two goals a game. That's just not winning hockey. You just It's just not going to happen in today's NHL. Maybe in the 80s NHL you could win games scoring that many goals. Not in today's NHL. It's not going to happen. And so they only lead Anaheim, Ottawa, and Detroit in that category of goals four per game. So I still gave him a D- minus because you still have Philip Forsberg. You still have uh, Roman Yossi. Ryan Ellis is doing some good things here and there offensively, but for the most part, it's a pretty rough look. So, uh, Rich, what, what's your grade, Rich, on the offense? I gave, I gave him a D. Same. You gave him a solid D. A solid D, yeah. Okay. And just- so, a little bit better. They're slightly, they're slightly less 
sucky in your opinion? Yeah, just because of Forsberg. That's about it. Okay. I mean, I, I, I was going to give him a better grade, and I actually changed it. I started thinking about it. and Oh, so you're one of those you're one of those teachers where you write yeah. the grade down, and then you're like, you know what? No, no, no. Well, it, it's, it's, it sucks because you want to give them a better grade. Like, it, yeah. it, it, like, hurts to talk. Like, it, yeah. Like fan, like people listening need to understand. Like this hurts us as fan. Like, oh yeah, we're not enjoying this at all. We don't enjoy this one bit. And yeah, you know, you want to give them better grades and like, but you you, you got to be know, honest though. You got to be objective. You got to be objective. You have to absolutely be honest. So and if you go around, if you go around to all three of us right now, we all thought they'd be playing much. We our our expectations weren't through the roof, like unrealistic. But going into the season, we we saw them as a as a fourth place team. Most yeah. likely. Yeah. So they're when not they, even close to that. When they started getting in those, you know, these players, we were kind of like, okay, let's, I don't know much about this guy, but that's cool. Look at what they did or whatever. And then we just kind of talked ourselves maybe into accepting it a little more. You might be right there. And then, and then we kind of hyped it up a little bit, but then now we're in the harsh reality of, mm-hmm. of this team's not gelling very well. So together. I got to, so I got a D minus on the offense. Rich went slightly higher, gave him a D. Still not that great. No. Uh, Colin, where are you giving him? Uh, I'm gonna so I'm, gonna go, with, I'm gonna go with Rich on that one. I'm gonna give him a D. Uh, and you know, it, it's partly it's due to Forsberg, of course, but also because of Matt Duchesne. I think that when you watch him play, you look at his game. A lot of the things that are working for him eventually look like statistically it's gonna work for him very soon. You would think so. You had to, yeah, you had to hope so at least. I mean. Like you're saying, we don't take, we don't enjoy this. I think as the season wears on, we might be masochistic if we keep doing it. But you know, we're, we're trying our best to, to make the best out of it. It's just when you look at these new players that they brought in, we're kind of like, okay, like that's interesting. I didn't think we really understood or, or put as much stock into how much we would have to depend on them um, mm-hmm. to, to be in that offense, and they're just not there. So there are some guys that you know, there's some overachievers within that as well, though, like Rocco Grimaldi being what he's been and, and doing what he's done. Um, and so that's why I give him a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of hope with a D, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's rough. So, so let's go to the defense next. And the defense is like kind of what the Preds are having to lean on heavily right now. And, uh, you know, they, they've had some games sprinkled in there where they held the opponent to very low shot totals, which makes life easier for the goaltender theoretically, but, it's also misleading sometimes because even though they're not giving up as many shots on goal, they're also when they do give up shots on goal, they're these easy, like hang your goaltender out to dry, easy types of goals. So sometimes it's like, yeah, they're holding teams to like 20 to 25 shots on goal per game, somewhere around there. But these 20, 25 shots, some of these teams are getting are really, really good shots. So it's, it, it can be misleading, but I still gave the Preds defense a C minus. They're 26 in the league in goals against per game at 3.47. So 26 being bad, not good. Um, so they're, they're, uh, that's another category where they're way down in the bottom half of the league in a main category. But this, even though it's still kind of like very mediocre and not that good, I give them a C minus because I do think that this is the only way they're going to have a chance to – not finish in last place. That's just the cold truth there for me. Yeah. Uh, I gave them a, a C for, for me. Uh, and for, for the reason I, I, why I did that is I think Roman Yossi, other than the points production, he's still having a very good season he on is. paper. Uh, and just what you've seen his leadership, 
there are times where they, they show moments of brilliance. Like they do get mm-hmm. blocks. They do get, yeah. you know, under the, they clog up lanes and it's like, that's what we expect. And I will say as much as this third part this third pair is agitating because it seems like they have a hybrid going to the box. I still feel more confident with, you know, Benning and Barwieski than I did with our third pairing from last year. Oh, I, yeah. I just say like, they, like, you know, from last three years, even our third pairing is more solid and could even play you know, as a second pairing if we should need it. And obviously even with Ekholm, that kind of hurts too. You know, the thing for me and the big question mark of, of what's kind of holding them back is what kind of Dante Faber are you going to get in any given night? Because there's good bro mm-hmm. and there's bad bros, the way, the way I call it. There's nights where he's like, he's hitting either the post where he's scoring a goal or there's nights where he's like having these mental errors that lead to goals and, it, and it's blatant with him. It's not like a, he let, you know, something happen and they got a turnover and then they got an offensive zone and stayed in. It's like, no, as soon as he commits the error, they're on the rush and they're scoring and it's because of him. So it's hot. It's hot or cold with him. But that's kind of where I'm at with him. That's why I gave him the C. His offensive game is evolving, though. Fa- it is. Uh, Fabro's, because that was kind of his knock last season. And the guy's still barely. He's a kid. He's still, I mean, getting, he's, he's still getting his NHL legs under him at this yeah. point. But on, on on Fabro, I definitely agree with what, a lot of what you just said there, Colin. Um, but his offensive game does seem to be evolving a little bit, and that's something the Preds badly need. If if Fabro can keep showing some some like offensive like awakening where he just starts really clicking in that department. I mean, maybe you can give the Preds some type of unexpected jolt in the offensive department. Uh, yeah. Rich, what do you, what, what grade do you have for the defense? So I gave him a D. Ooh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> the reason is I didn't look up stats or anything, but just like I test wise, I just, I, when you look at them in front of the net, protecting their goaltender, they've just let too many shots go by and, mm-hmm. There's too many lapses, mental mistakes, being out of position, and they just cause open net shots. And it just, they, you know, yeah. it just, it's like you, you, it, that can't happen. And that's, you know, they're supposed to be built to where they're more defensive minded. And, and they do, you know, they do, like you said, show like flashes of brilliance at it when they, they clog the net and nothing can get through. And I agree with Borbieski and Benning. I like them as a third pair, but just there's just too many lapses to give them anything higher than that. Yeah. And, and I think that's a really good word to use there is lapses. They, they, they'll, they'll, they'll put together like two periods of really good defensive hockey and then they just fall apart. And that's what happened last season too, a lot. So it's, it's kind of like a recurring theme there. We never, get to see, well, we get to see a complete game across all, all aspects. That's what I was going to say. It's never a, it's never a good first and second or a good second and third. It's a, we're good at the first, we get mauled in the second, and then we have to play catch up in the third, and they just that it's got to yep. stop. Can't yep. do that. All right, let's go to let's go to the special teams, and um, I'm going to give them. If you would have asked me this question, like maybe even a week ago, I would have said F, but I'm yeah. actually going to give them a D plus because the power play is actually showing a little bit of improvement. Very mild, the most modest of improvements. They're up to up to 24th in the league in power play percentage. And the penalty kill is no longer, breaking news, the penalty kill is no longer last place in the NHL. 30. Anybody with that? Yeah. <laughs> so anybody want to take a guess on who's dead last in the NHL? I already know. I'm going to let Rich go with this one. I think it's Detroit. No. Nope. No? No. Okay. Let me, one more guess. Uh, one more guess. San Jose. Nope. No, it's uh, the New Jersey Devils. Oh, wow. 
by one tenth of a percentage point. Do they even play anymore? Like yeah. shut down for a while, haven't they? The, the Preds are sixty-seven point eight percent success rate, and the New Jersey Devils are sixty-seven point seven. Wow! So we are one tenth of a point percentage out of last place. So good job, Preds! You're up to thirtieth. You're in the top thirty. You're, you're not making the case for D plus here, man. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, well, hey, F, F, hey, they're still showing improvement here. I, I'm trying to be a very, I'm trying to be the mot- I'm trying to be the motivator. I'm trying you're, to be you're the, ever uh, the optimist here. Yeah, I'm trying to be the positive influence. You know, like instead of tearing them down to build them back up, I'm trying to give them that positive reinforcement. I'm trying to, you know, make them feel good. So I'm gonna give you that. I'm gonna let you see that little plus sign on your progress report to give you a little bit of extra. <laughs> A little bit of extra confidence there, but uh, uh, yeah, I think that's it's it's not going to get much better than that for the rest of the season. I just don't see anything that really pops. If anything's going to improve in those two departments, it's going to be the power play, and that's only because you've got these highly paid players, and eventually they have to start doing something on these power play units. Yeah. And I mean, they've had a couple really recently. They've had some pretty good power play shifts and goals. And you just got to hope that they're really, really hammering that home in practice because that's another area where they can maybe turn this thing around a little bit is if they start finding some really consistent success on the power play. So I gave them a D plus on special teams. Awesome. What about you, Colin? So uh, I'm going to be the bad guy. <laughs> I gave be the bad guy. I, I gave him an F, straight up F. F. And the, the reason well, is, you know, yes, we're not in last place. We're still in the bottom third for the power play. It's 24th. Uh, the only team that we're better than in the central division on the power play is the Detroit Red Wings. And so that, I took that with a grain of salt because yeah, yeah, we improved on the power play. We scored, you know, two goals or was it two goals or three goals. No, it was one was, I know it was one against them and then one against, I believe Tampa Bay on the power play. So we're reducing a little bit, but it's still not where it needs to be, especially on a consistent level. Uh, the penalty kill being 30th out of 31, that's just not acceptable. Uh, and a lot of times it's not necessarily things are happening on those plays. There was a penalty kill in the last game where we got off the penalty kill, but they, and, and we were, you know, even strength, but because of the momentum they were able to build in the power play, they scored on us. And so it may not happen as the power play is happening, but what, if it happens off the power play that we're trying to kill, you know, that that's still a negative for me. So I, I, went, I went as a bad guy, gave him an F. You're not a total bad guy because I gave him a D minus. Okay. <laughs> and the reason it's the same thing, like you said, like I know the last game was really bad, but like they were on the power play a couple times and they couldn't even get set up to even get a shot. And it's it's there's no call for that. You got the bad ones. Those are the bad ones. And then like I you know, the few the last few like recaps and previews we've done for games. I, we kept talking about the the power play, and I would look up the stat, and it would be like they're four for whatever thirty, they're five for they just crept up just a little bit, and I, I think they're like eight for something now. I don't even fifty probably, and it just I don't know. There's just no call for that. I just don't understand why. I will say if the grade is going to improve, it's because the teacher's given you a uh, a cheat sheet, and that cheat sheet is Ellie Tolvin, and the yep. the guy looks like he I mean he's setting some things up. And some things are going to start clicking for him and the unit he's on. But and, that and second yet, unit has improved since he's joined it. And yet we we all agree with you on that when it comes to Tolvanen, but yet we still keep seeing him bounce back and forth. Don't even get me started. Uh, so we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get to that in coaching and management. So, yeah, the Preds have <laughs> – see, uh, Phil Forsberg uh, and Ryan Ellis lead the team with two power play goals apiece. 
Matt Duchesne has a power play goal. Victor Arvidsson has a power play goal. God, when was that? Was that like against Columbus, right to open the season? I guess. Must have been. Seems forever ago. Um, uh, Fabro has a power play goal, and Matthew Olivier has a power play goal. Yep. So that that's your that's your power play scoring right there. A very short list. So that's so uh, yeah, sad stuff right there. What is it I mean, like? Eight, ten. If you need a if you need a reason for why the the Preds are so bad right now, that's all you just just look at that list right there, and that'll give you. I mean, how how does Roman Yossi not have a power play goal yet? And I'm not trying to to go in on hard on him because we all love Roman Yossi, but it just it doesn't seem possible, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Granlin's Granlin's getting a lot of time on the power play right now, isn't he? He's on that um, yeah, second power play yeah. unit. Yeah, he's so in he, the fact. Man. The fact that he doesn't have a power play goal is just mind-boggling to me. Cal Yarncroft has always been a good power play producer. He has no power play goals. It's just crazy. Eric Halla almost scored 60 points in a season in 2017-18. He's got no power play production. He's only got four assists on the season. Not one goal from Eric Halla. That's another one. I'm like, how has Eric Halla not scored a goal yet? Yeah. So uh, it's just Luke Cunning, another player you brought in over the offseason – Hasn't scored since those first two games of the season against Columbus. I mean, it's just it's, it looks pretty so, bad out there. Uh, Victor <laughs> Victor Arvidsson's one power play goal came against uh, Carolina on January 18th. Just so okay. the fun fact of the night. There you go, fun fact. And then like what you guys were saying about the penalty kill. So we went from not only having to worry like we'd have dread when the penalty kill would come up. We're like, oh, here you go, they're going to get another goal. So then we went from Oh, they're starting to fight these off, but now you got to worry about the next ten or fifteen seconds after the penalty kill because, like you said, they get that momentum built up, and then you know they have an easy score usually. So it's just can't give them a good grade. Well, so that kind of that kind of leads me into coaching, but I'll make some thoughts about that yeah. when we get to that. Well, you know, we're gonna go to coaching right now. How about you lead us off on your yeah. grade? So I gave coaching a D, and there's a lot of reasons why. I know a lot of Ooh, fans are frustrated. You- I didn't even think you'd go that high, honestly. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I, this is one where I was like, I'm going to give him a little bit of grace, but here's the thing. Here's what frustrates me. It's those seconds after the power play where we kind of feel like, okay, we killed it off. We allow ourselves to breathe. It's the goals that are scored with less than, you know, three or two minutes left in the period where it seems like we're just like, all right, we're going to try to wait into the locker room and hope for the best. That that's That's what frustrates me. I get that there's been some production issues. I get that this is a weird season. But that, to me, is like a, a mentality, a, a killer instinct that we lack in terms of finishing a period, finishing a penalty kill, and then the consistency piece of it where, you know, Ellie told him it, it makes no sense that he's going back and forth between the taxi squad. And I get he gets to stay with the team. He gets to still practice with them. So sometimes it's more of a paper move than an actual, like, roster yeah. move. But the guy needs consistency. And even, like, taking him out for in terms of his minutes and, and cutting his minutes in some aspects, I mean, He's gotten a lot of good minutes. I will give him that. that. Is that when they've needed him, he's gotten a lot of good minutes. But there are times where like he's taking out games. Same with Rocco Grimaldi, and it's like those are the guys that are producing. I, I don't care what you say. I know Rocco Grimaldi is a smaller guy, is a liability on defense at times, but he's got he's got points. He's in the upper echelon of people who are getting points right now for the season. Ellie Tolvanen is creating opportunities, and he's so close. Like you look at his tape, and you see it. And so, you know, I th- I just think Hines is who we thought he was. I. I I'm not confident in him. I, I don't know that he's going to be able to turn around. I'm not sure, you know, a training camp is going to really fix all of that. I mean, we've had – we're now a quarter of the way through the season, and we've not seen improvement. If anything, we've seen regression. And injuries happen, but I, I just don't – I don't see it with him. I hear you. 
every and every team's dealing with injuries. So yeah, if there's ever a season where you cannot use that as as an excuse, it's this season. I don't want to hear the injury stuff. Yeah, and yeah, you know, from anybody like, oh, we we don't have Ryan Johansson, we don't have we don't have Matias at home. We don't like. I don't want to hear it. Every team is dealing with their problems right now when it comes to rosters mm-hmm. and. So that that's going to lead me to my grade, and I give I'm going to give my first F of the night, and it's definitely for coaching and oh. management, and it's because they're combined together collectively. I give them an F. If you want me to split them up, maybe maybe I would uh, lean more to the D range for coaching, but really, we're not going to even go there. It, it's an F. I think it's been a huge failure uh, above the players this season. I really do. I think it's been mismanaged. I think it started in the off season. We already mentioned. Mentioned it in the episode about how we saw these little modest offseason moves. We were like, okay, uh, Nick Cousins, okay, he he did some good things. Oh, you know, like uh, I think Borowiecki is the only one that's really working out right now. Yeah, I can agree with that. And Benning. And Benning. But, again, that's a really small move. That's not a move that was going to change wow. this team for better or worse anyway. No. He, he's, 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 he's such a low-impact player, and that's not his fault. That's just is who he is. Uh, but then I just don't I'm, – I'm starting to look back and I'm like, what were you d- doing with this money? Like you went out and, and you had all this money you were sitting on and you're going to go out and sign these mid-level players. They were low-risk deals. I will give them that. So we're not like tied into a long contract or anything like that because we already know plenty about the long-term contracts that don't work out here. So at least that's the one saving grace. But it's like – I just don't understand it, and I love David Poyle. Uh, he's he. I, I say this all the time. No matter what happens from here on out, Preds fans should always be grateful for what David Poyle built here. Nothing will ever change that, no matter what happens this season. But at some point, you just got to realize, hey, it's it's time to to start fresh with with a new GM and a new a new outlook, a new perspective, everything. And I, I was going to say, my grade was just for a D for the coaching, but if we're going with management too, management's a hard F for me. And I, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I, I put in there the article, you know, saying the quote, the quote from Harvey Dent from uh, A Dark Knight of You Either Die a Hero or yeah. Live Long Enough to See Yourself Become a Villain. He has so much goodwill with the city of Nashville, and you want to see Absolutely. him be able to get out on his terms and still have that goodwill. I feel like the more we see of this, especially with some of the things that he said where he, then versus what he's done, it's damaging that, and you want. I, I would just. I would rather see him retire now. I don't know about his son. I don't know about anybody in the front office right now. I think our free agents. We don't know because terrible. It, it, the Preds have always had the same GM, and yeah, I, that it's it's another cloud of uncertainty over this organization is what's going to happen at the very top when it comes to the management. Because I don't see it. I just. I think that I think it was David Poyle's last swing to get something right when he made all these moves. And unless something just drastically changes in the next week or two that we just don't see happening, I just don't see how he's going to be the GM past this season. And again, that I think that everyone will still give him a huge round of applause. We'll say thank you for all the things you've done for the Preds for over two decades. It's time to move on. Yeah. Well, I'm, the looking at the front office, I mean, the free agent scouting has been bad. The trades and acquisitions, I mean, even what we got for PK Subban doesn't seem like that great of a package, especially if some of these guys don't pan out in the prospect yeah. system. So, and, yeah. yeah. And then uh, you can't really put a grade on it, but I do think that if there's one thing, if we're going to be positive when it comes to that, I do think that the Preds have drafted pretty well recently. Yeah. I mean, so, Askarov's a good get. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, but that's also one of those things where we don't know for sure yet. We can, we're just going off of scouting and off of what people think is going to happen. But just looking at on paper, the last two or three drafts had I think have been pretty strong draft classes. So we will give Poyle that. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. But Rich, what what's your grade on coaching and management? So on coaching, I gave him a C because I'm still not convinced it's all Heinz's fault, and I know it's up to him to get the to motivate them or whatever. But when you hear the press conferences, he's drilling the exact same thing. We're talking about it. I'm trying to get them, you know, I'm telling them what they need to be doing. And I, for some reason, it's just not making it out onto the ice. I'm not sure why. Um, I will say his um, inability to put lines together is baffling. Um, you know, he one day, you know, you put Granlin, Arvidsson, and Duchesne together, and they do good. And then two games down the road, you you break them up and I know he's got Johansson out or whatever, but it's just, it, that, well, that part of it's baffling. The, the players, like they were, they were, they were not playing good when they got rid of Laviolette and David Poyle told them, I'm going to do this, but this is on you guys too. This is up to you to start translating this into wins. And they did do better once Heinz got in, but they've just fallen back to whatever problems they were having before. And that's just, it's it's there and I think and it's also been a product of this division schedule too. And I yeah, you know, Colin Colin said it in the last episode. What was it, the fourth hardest schedule? Yeah. The yeah, fourth hardest in the NHL. Time. Yeah. Well, and I gotta add, like one thing that kind of blows my mind here, and here's the weird thing to me. The fact that Forsberg can score five goals in a game, right? Or not five goals, sorry, five points. He can log five points in a game. His best game of his career, you know, one of the best in Preds history, and that line isn't kept together. Like, like how how does that make sense? Like, it's just it worked, and then to take him, I think it was the Grand. I want to say it was the Grandlin and Duchesne line, but since then he's been with. Uh, they put him with uh, Luke, Luke Cunning, which I'm. We'll give Luke Cunning his chance, but like, how how does that how does that happen? It just doesn't make sense to me. Chemistry chemistry is so important in hockey, and yeah, there's he, just no chemistry on this team. And like, it's like you you look at, and I know to use the, this is an extreme example, but like Boston, they have a line of Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, Pasternak. They always play together. The only time you don't see them play together is when they're one of them's hurt. And they, the Predators have guys, like if they could just gel, they could, I'm not saying they're going to be as good as those three guys, but, but they could, they could do the exact same thing. It's just for some reason, they just cannot gel together. And that's and, another reason why we want to see this youth movement. Cause I feel like if they have fully invested in the youth movement, you could start building some of that. You could build a solid line, like the Mr. T line. Hey. You know, you could do that. Definitely. Because if you keep shuffling all these all these chairs, uh, you know, these deck chairs, hoping that something's going to look good, I mean, you don't have enough games in this season to be experimenting no. with all this. Like, it's just not going to work. You got you to gotta be – you got to have courage in your convictions – and make some make some lineup lineup decisions and stick with them. Yeah, yeah. that's all well, we're asking. You got to ride. Well, I was gonna say the silver lining, and maybe it's a blessing in disguise, is that you know I don't think maybe Heinz is the guy to see the youth movement or that we want to see the youth movement because how can those youth youth players get consistency if they're shuffled in and out of the lineup or shuffled on different lines and they don't have a chance to gel with line mates or with anybody you know in terms of consistency so yeah. maybe that's a blessing in disguise but it also falls on Heinz like once again Absolutely. it's an issue with him yeah real quick on the management yeah. I gave those guys I gave him a D minus because I just think Paul's time has come and gone but I agree with you I think he needs to retire 
They need to let him gracefully move aside. And I'm not too – I don't know anything about his son, but I, I don't know if that, that would be a good thing either. Wow. I think he needs a fresh start. And it's very important that all three of us are, are definitely not – piling on Poyle and saying he was a horrible GM or that he like we're we're all we're all very thankful for everything he's done for this for this franchise and he's done some you know he's he's a he's one of the best ever when it comes to GMs hockey GMs it's just eventually it's everyone's time to move on and so I just think that's probably where we're at unfortunately and I think we just need a new vision a new uh, vision for this team when it comes a new type of team builder because everyone has different ways of doing it, and I think we need a new vision from someone else after this season. I don't think it should happen during the season. I, I don't think I don't think that would be fair to Poyle unless he did it on his own terms. I do not think it should be during the season, no matter how bad it gets. I think Poyle should be able to walk away on his own terms. I think Poyle, I think I think the franchise owes him that. They do, yeah. And I think when he you know he was wanting to keep that 2017 team together, I think he went maybe one year too long. I think I would have yeah. gave it a year, maybe two, and then that third year, if they're not producing, you're not getting what you want. You know, he went one year too too many. So, yep. so just, just so you guys know, Brian Poyle is the assistant GM, and he is director of hockey operations. So that's kind of where the hierarchy is. We got David okay. Poyle as GM, and then Jeff Kelty, who is uh, assistant GM as well and director of scouting. So okay. that's kind of where we're at. That, but I feel like if we're going to go with the new change, you know, obviously you want Poyle to leave at the end of the season. I wouldn't say it's necessarily on his own terms. I think his terms would be we win a Stanley Cup and he walks away. Uh, but, you know, let him finish out the season. But then I think we kind of need to change house. But I, I I, and, just, and just to wrap up the last segment of episode 19, I do think that Poyle is a the type of hockey hockey uh, expert and hockey just old school type of guy where I think he'll see that it's time for him to move on. I think he's that type. He's a very classy guy. He loves this organization. He's if he sees it, it's his time to go. I think he will do it. Yeah, yeah I think he said in an interview. He said, "You know, I live and die this every day. You know, and I he, feel, I feel." And he loves, and, and you got to know that he loves this organization. And if he yeah. thinks what's best for the organization is for him to step away, yeah. I believe my heart of hearts, he'll do it. Yeah, and I think he feels the pain just like the fans do. Yeah. Went, oh, absolutely. Yeah, so. absolutely. All these people, you know, I mean, it's it's just. We don't know what the guy what they're going through behind closed doors. We see it as fans from a fan's lens, yep. so it is important to always. You know, a lot of the players that they'll, they'll get. You know, sometimes players can get really defensive in professional sports when these fans come out and attack them, and we're definitely not doing that. We no. we appreciate that these players go out there and do what they do, especially in the climate we find 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 ourselves in. They put their bodies on the line every game, and it's such a brutal sport like hockey. So no matter what happens, even if the Preds lose every game this season, we're still going to love the Preds. We're still going to yeah. be thankful for the players. No matter what happens with David Poyle, we're going to be thankful for everything he's done. Even yeah. John Hines, hey, the guy wants to win. He he cares. He's invested. But if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. So that's – hopefully we're going to have some more positive things to talk about in future yeah. episodes. But, again, you've listened to episode – you just got done listening to episode 19 of the Catfish and Ice podcast – presented by DraftKings, and we are featured on the Hockey Podcast Network. So go follow Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet and follow the podcast at Catfish Ice. This is Chad Mitten with Rich Howe and Colin Bluen. We'll bring you another episode later this week. We're not sure if we're going to see a game tomorrow or not. Uh, It's not looking very good. But if the Preds don't play tomorrow, then their next scheduled game is against Columbus on Thursday. 
I would expect that game to happen. Yep. So we will hopefully most likely at least be reacting to what the Preds do against the Columbus Blue Jackets on Thursday after that game. And so until then, everyone stay safe out there with yes. everything going on when it comes to Mother Nature, when it comes to COVID, when it comes to just everything. We ask that you be safe, be smart, love one another. Please reach out to us on Twitter. We love talking hockey with all of our followers and listeners. We appreciate you all the time. And until the next time, this is Chad Benton with Rich Howe and Colin Bluen. And we will see you again very, very soon later this week for episode 20. Everyone take care. See ya. Uh, you know what? I'm I, just I, so I, heated because of what, what you're telling me. Because I, I do not want to live in a world... <laughs> In a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac- macaroni, as you call it, is a substitute for candy. God. <laughs> oh, my God. Go to go to Italy. If you ask... open some fucking no, 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 craft no, no, no. dinner. No, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or... KD, they will tell you KD is the best, it is superior, it is the fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country, with my co-host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc Rouge, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great one.